Mac Folklore Radio, read by Derek. Mac World, September 1991. Inside Apple, a slice of life at the Cupertino campus, by Erfurt Fenton. This is the companion article to That Vision Thing, episode 19, September 15th, 2019. For context, in late 91 when this was published, things were already going a little bit wrong at Apple. We were six years into the desktop publishing revolution, System 7.0 had shipped, and we now had low-cost Macs, but they cut into Apple's fat margins, and 1991 was the start of repeated reorganizations and layoffs. Worst of all, for Apple anyway, Windows 3.0 shipped in 1990 and sold 4 million copies in its first year on the market. Someone once described Apple as a cross between a public utility and a cult religion. Not a bad analysis. Apple employees often sound like bumper stickers, spouting such aphorisms as change the world and empower the individual. But as Apple evolves into a Fortune 100 company and begins to focus on garnering market share, it is becoming less insulated. Apple has always watched its bottom line, making sure to stay highly liquid. With the lower profit margins the low-cost Macintoshes recently caused, however, Apple is being forced to watch expenses as it did during troubled times back in 1985. This time, however, the cutbacks are much more severe and Apple employees are feeling the loss. Layoffs, reorganizations, and the trimming of perquisites have damaged morale. Yet, Apple employees are a stubborn lot. Most refuse to leave Apple in spite of the hard times, and many still put in long hours. What inspires Apple employees? Is the company's fabled culture still alive, or have these people turned into corporate drones, rather like the hapless 1984 masses and the human lemmings in Apple's commercials? On the opening page of this article, there are two photos, one of an array of mugs, each with a small six-color Apple logo, and the word Apple set in the familiar Garamond typeface wrapping around most of the surface of each mug. Caption. Buying into the mystique. Mugs, t-shirts, bumper stickers, and mouse pads, all bearing the Apple logo, abound on the Cupertino campus. Employees and visitors wishing to broadcast Apple's corporate identity can purchase items in the company store. On the facing page, there's an overhead shot of what looks like four small round black coffee shop tables and chairs, spaced quite generously from one another. All except one are unoccupied, and the one that is occupied has only one person sitting at it. This person has a day timer, a small stack of papers, and a pen ready to attack them. Caption. Empty seats. Severe layoffs and cutbacks, combined with an unsettling reorganization, have caused many Apple employees to question the company's reputation as an enlightened employer. Perk City Apple salaries are decent, but not spectacular by industry standards, unless you're a high-level executive. And the cost of living in the Bay Area is astronomical. Meanwhile, long hours and constant reorganizations threaten morale. The secret seems to lie in a healthy amalgam of mystique and generous perks. Financial pluses such as stock options, profit sharing and discounts on computers complement niceties such as first-class cafeterias 
and well-equipped fitness and daycare centers. Around 45% of its employees are women, a much larger ratio than you might expect at a computer company. 21% belong to minority groups, and Apple has appointed a manager of multicultural and affirmative action programs. Apple is widely regarded as a desirable place to work. The company receives 5,000 to 9,000 resumes per month. In dozens of interviews of Apple employees and a few ex-employees about their attitudes towards their jobs, responses ranged from, I love my work, there's nothing I'd rather be doing, to, sometimes I almost believe all the Apple hype, but then I realize it's just a job. An employee who complained, what I'm doing is trivial and meaningless, I'm looking for another job, was, interestingly enough, looking for another position within Apple. Photo of a busy daycare classroom with a worker reading a book to a group of children sitting cross-legged on the floor. What looks like a Macintosh Plus atop a hard disk is visible in the background. A parent holds a child who seems shy or uncomfortable. In the bottom center of the frame, a little girl with blonde hair makes the biggest possible facial expression she can for the camera. Caption. Kid time. Three years ago, Apple opened a free daycare center. It accommodates 74 kids, ranging in age from toddlers to four-year-olds. But child care is available only for employees lucky enough to be chosen by lottery. The Cupertino Campus Apple Cupertino is more like a city than a company. The sprawling complex has its own restaurants, store, library, transportation system, newspapers, television station, and community events. The first thing you notice upon entering the lobby of an Apple building is the striking decor. Apple hired a San Francisco architecture firm to give its buildings their distinctive look. And even if you don't like the postmodern-slash-neoclassical look, lots of pediments and sconces and bright colors, you have to admit that it livens up the place. Check out the Macintosh 2 promotional video linked in the show notes. It's ugly. Although, as seen in Triumph of the Nerds, the cubicle farms, at least, toned it down a bit. Apple's work areas are unlike most Silicon Valley computer companies, with their seas of gray cubicles, dying ferns, and the occasional poster. The eclectic decorations and developer technical services, for example, feature walls of Mountain Dew cans, a ping-pong table, a couple of doll heads, a hanging straitjacket, and a rubber chicken. You can't help noticing the numerous depictions of the department's mascot, the dog cow, the critter that appears in the page setup dialog box under Options. The decor in the network engineering group tends toward the flamboyant, with torches, electric guitars, and suspended inflatable sharks and pterodactyls. There's even a touch of the old world charm, such as the cubicle with its armchair, floor lamp, and stuffed owl. Curiosities in other departments range from rose bushes to a pair of airplane seats. A few departments, such as human resources and corporate public relations, look relatively normal, but these are the exceptions. Low-angle photo of a man sitting at a desk, fiddling with a football while he cradles a phone handset between his chin and shoulders. An electric guitar sitting in its stand dominates the foreground. Several tacky knickknacks are suspended from the ceiling. 
In the background, there is a bookshelf, and just over the man's shoulder, you can make out the retail packages for CE Software's Calendar Maker and Aldus Freehand. Caption Individual Style Chinese Lantern and Hanging Shark School of Interior Design Some employees complain that Apple is aping the rest of corporate America, but idiosyncrasy still reigns in private areas. Community and Communication Photo of the corner of a small but professionally equipped television studio of the 1990s. There are at least nine television monitors visible. Two men are hunched over the ones that are front and center in what looks like a pre-digital offline editing setup. Two PVMs side by side, a large chunky keyboard console, and a jog wheel. Caption, Editing Reality. Apple, like an island amid the Silicon Valley sprawl, has its own TV crew that roams the campus taping scenes for promotional pieces. Once the shots are taken, Doug Doyle and Dean Whitlow edit video in Apple's full-fledged studio, complete with satellite link. And of course, you can see many of those videos at The Rediscovered Future and the Apple VHS Archive. Links in the show notes. Clearly, Apple provides its employees with pleasant surroundings and plenty of benefits. But similar pluses weren't enough to keep the fellow in the TV show The Prisoner from wanting to escape. There must be something else. When I asked employees what they liked most about working at Apple, they generally answered, the people I work with. As Apple has grown and departments become isolated, maintaining a sense of community becomes more of a challenge, but employees still keep in touch in a variety of ways. Apple executives speak regularly at the Hearsay Cafe luncheons, and there's the weekly in-house newspaper, The Five Star News. It's not unusual to see Apple TV crews filming on location at conferences or other events, and employees can order videotapes of Apple TV productions. Employees can also join one of the many Apple-sponsored clubs and organizations. Besides groups devoted to soccer, tennis, aviation, scuba diving, skiing, horseback riding, bicycling, Aikido, French, and Toastmasters, there's a professional women's group, a Hispanic organization, a black networking organization, a gay employees club, and even a group for parents of twins or triplets. Photo of people gathered around a person behind a small tic-tac-toe-like frame hosting a display of recyclable materials. A plastic lid and soap bottle are seemingly suspended in the air. Caption, Earth Day. Nearly once a week, the Cupertino campus hosts a fair such as Earth Day. At these events, Apple distributes information on its conservation efforts. The company plans to eliminate ozone-harming chemicals from its manufacturing process and work towards more environmentally responsible packaging materials, for instance. David Skinner of Apple Recycles heads an aggressive program for recycling glass, aluminum, and paper. For those wearying of endless voicemail messages, there's AppleLink, an online service. Using their Macs, employees can check upcoming events or send personal messages to other employees. They can also use AppleLink to participate in a variety of discussions in an online forum called Can We Talk? Subjects range from the silly, spotting Apple computers in movies, TV shows, and so on, to the serious, debates on the Gulf War. Other topics include vegetarian food, 
discussing restaurants, cookbooks, and recipes, including dissenting opinions from carnivores, Apple's beer busts, debating their worth and whether they lead to drunk driving and or dissipation, and Apple's maternity leave policy, gauging its adequacy and how it compares to those of other companies. In April, Apple employees began using AppleLink to line up other employees for ride-sharing. A new department, Transportation Demand Management, encourages employees to use alternatives to cars for commuting. Apple is implementing a number of transportation options, including shuttles from a nearby train station, on-campus shuttles, vouchers for emergency taxi rides, and discounts on mass transit passes. Photo and Caption Countercultures Volkswagen buses sit next to Volvos and BMWs in Apple parking lots. Employees in t-shirts and jeans hold meetings with MBAs in suits and ties. Vestiges of Apple's garage ethic survive amid the corporate ethos. In May, Apple made 130 bicycles available for employees to travel from one part of the Cupertino campus to another. A pilot telecommuting program is also in the works. Eligible employees will be encouraged to work at home one day a week using a home-based Macintosh, phone, and modem. Long exposure photo of a gym with about 15 occupants. You can make out some people's faces, while others are just a blur. A row of treadmills is front and center, with several video monitors perched in front of them on a shelf that is also home to several snake plants. Caption. Work hard, play hard. Apple employees have a reputation for exerting themselves around the clock. The fitness center, with its rows of Nautilus machines, is nearly always full, but it may fall victim to the latest round of cost-cutting measures. Wear and Tear Perks and niceties aside, many Apple employees are willing to put in 50 or 60-hour weeks because they still believe that the Macintosh is the one true computer. The quintessential moment at Apple is the party after the product ships, says Chris Espinoza. The fun thing about the party is that there isn't much reminiscing or nostalgia. The excitement is around what's coming up next. People ask each other, what are you working on now? Or, remember that great idea we couldn't do in this product? Well, we're going to do it in this other product. Apple tends to hire bright, motivated people who don't mind working hard for something they believe in. Many can't take the pace, however, and sooner or later, they move on. The average tenure at Apple is about three years. As one employee put it, Don't write about how easy we have it. One year at Apple is like seven years at any other company. Stress takes its toll. A recent issue of the Five Star News had an ad for a stress management class, and the massage facility next door to Apple is booked solid these days. Photo of a crowd of people, mostly with their backs to the camera, standing outside a pub. One woman is holding what looks like a drink and some french fries. This was definitely taken in the late 1980s or early 1990s. There are perms everywhere. Caption. The party's over. Until recent cutbacks forced an end to a long tradition, Apple employees could look forward to the company's Friday evening beer bust. The days of free food, beer, wine, and sodas are gone, however, and employees will need to find new ways to wind down at week's end. Apple employees aren't shy about criticizing Apple. 
After watching a TV clip of the Macintosh Portable, notorious for its heftiness, on a space shuttle mission, one employee commented that a weightless environment was probably the best place for a portable. Other complaints are less good-natured. Some employees lament the amount of time spent in meetings. Some feel the company could do even better in hiring more minorities and promoting women. Only four women are department vice presidents. Others have become disenchanted with Apple's often murky middle management structure. As one former employee commented, Sometimes decisions simply don't get made. Relatively simple matters get deferred because nobody wants to take the heat for making a stupid decision. Interestingly, most people I talk to take Apple's frequent reorganizations in stride. They feel that, in general, the reorgs are disruptive but necessary as the company evolves. Although most workers at Apple seem to like their jobs and enjoy the benefits, many can't help but roll their eyes at the sky-high salaries of the company's top executives, especially in light of layoffs and cutbacks. See article That Vision Thing. Scully reportedly made $16.7 million in 1990 in salary, stocks, and bonuses. When I asked one employee what he'd do if he were John Scully for a day, he replied, without missing a beat, I'd cut my own salary. In June, Scully cut his salary by 15%, but most felt it was only a token gesture. Apple Link provides a major forum for airing such complaints. Employees can comment, anonymously if they wish, on any policy that concerns them. Online discussions are often as heated as any face-to-face -face argument. When Apple changed its profit-sharing formula last year to one of growth-sharing, diminishing the amount each employee received, a very popular profit-sharing discussion began. Some employees do more than complain on Apple Link, however. In early 1990, Apple went through a rough period of layoffs and cutbacks that were less substantial than the ones today. One group formed Employees for One Apple, as opposed to two apples, one interested in the journey, the other in the reward, a coalition whose members met with top executives to discuss the current problems. Members were concerned not with financial matters, but with issues such as employee morale and maintaining an environment that values and promotes the innovations and contributions of the individual. The organization has its work cut out for it. Morale took a nosedive in May, when profits from the new machines fell below Apple's expectations and the company announced that up to 10% of the workforce would be laid off. Other money-saving measures were under consideration in June, including the suspension of such perks as the daycare and fitness centers and the beer busts. Apple management panics every time quarterly profits don't meet their expectations, said an exasperated employee who was expecting to be laid off or reassigned to another department. Apple should pay attention to its long-term goals, not to what Wall Street thinks this month. Although there is some communication between the rank and file and upper management, many employees feel that Apple is losing the vision that drove the company in the old days. Some resent the influx of MBA types into middle management. If you bring corporate people into Apple, commented one employee, they will transform it into a more corporate environment. I think some of the new managers should have learned the Apple environment instead of trying to remake it. Photo of a man standing up in front of a desk wearing a telephone headset. An Apple portrait display and extended keyboard are at waist level. In the background are several binders, 
a 40 by 2 line LED scrolling sign, an Apple-branded construction helmet, a Macintosh SE, and stacks of office supplies on a shelf. Atop the shelf is a large IBM logo with a red prohibited symbol drawn over it. Caption, Help Central. Jeff Garaventa, a technical support engineer in one of Apple's newest departments, the Assistance Center, helps dealers with Macintosh-related questions. The center recently added a host of phone support personnel to handle System 7 questions. Recent Events Apple certainly has its ups and downs, financially and otherwise. In the few months I was working on this article, Apple experienced yet another reorganization. Stock rode high in March and took a dive in May, going from a high of $73.25 to $44.25. Substantial layoffs occurred in June. On the upside, in the same few months, Apple implemented its new Transportation Alternatives program, experienced generally favorable reviews of its new low-cost Macs, doled out healthy profit-sharing checks, and finally released System 7.0. And some employees feel that Apple's management wants to keep the spirit alive. Scully is willing to speak to people, said an employee of three years, but when he shows up at beer bashes, most people just stand there and stare at him. Part of the responsibility lies with us, the employees, to tell him what we're thinking about. Apple is certainly not the same company it was when the Macintosh was introduced, but a sense of history survives. We're a bunch of fanatics working for the same reason. The underlying thread is a belief in what the company is doing, says Mark Johnson, the manager of developer technical services. Let's hope Apple continues to do the right thing. Macworld contributing editor Erford Fenton is a freelance technical writer living in San Jose, California. Another tidbit about Apple management from Sean Parent on the Algorithms Plus Data Structures Equals Programs podcast. Apple had been bleeding talent and there was a meeting with Roger Heinen, who was head of system software, and the engineers were raising the concerns in the audience going, you know, what are you going to do to, to keep talent here and keep people from leaving? Roger gave this amazing little uh, monologue where he said, hey, he said he's sick and tired of all these engineers complaining about people leaving. They had to understand that Apple gets thousands of resumes every single day. And he said, if you want to see the impact you're going to leave leaving the company, he said, uh, 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 put your hand in a bucket of water and pull it back out and look at the hole you left. Uh, you know, basically <laughs> meaning that like no engineer mattered. And uh, uh, one of the senior kernel engineers uh, like walked up to the front of the little amphitheater we were in and handed Roger his badge and just kept walking. <laughs> and uh, uh, so Mor morale so was kind clearly of, high. Your morale was clearly <laughs> high. We also had in in one of the hallways we had uh, uh, tombstones, whereas each engineer left. We kind of drew a tombstone and put Rip <laughs> and their name on it. So yeah, morale was really high. On a more positive note, here's a segment from the Apple of the Future 1980s video. I don't have a date on this, but judging by the hardware that's shown, I'd say it's from 1989. We make the best, and we are proud of that fact. There is a sense of pride that goes with building good products. We spent days 
grieving and fighting and arguing about little nitty user interface things like little dialogue boxes no no it's got to say this and not that and it was just it was i couldn't believe it i was pulling my hair out and then when we got it done i went yeah this is really right and it's i don't mind putting my name on it i don't mind somebody calling me with a question about it otherwise i feel responsible for it and i think that's what everybody's got that sort of it's mine i want it to be the best it's just like you want your kids to grow up to be you know Lawyers. Ooh, no. Doctors. <laughs> Everybody has this one customer, you know, in their mind at their third eye who's sitting there saying, no, that's going to be confusing. Oh, that's going to be hard. For me, it's my mother. All in all, um, let's face it, we're all human. And I, I think we all enjoy when we see our customers and they pull out this computer and they go, wow, you know, this is really neat. That makes it. That's part of the experience. I mean, we want our customers to enjoy these things and just say, isn't this wonderful? It's like riding on a ride at Disneyland. I mean, no one wants to know how the haunted house works. People just want to be entertained. Well, you know, we're not into the entertaining. We want to work hard so our customers have a great experience. I mean, that's what it's all about at Apple. Plus, it's fun for us to do. We get off on this stuff. <laughs> Um, I think to be an engineer here, you have to be able to both thrive off of the constant changes that are going on here, but also be willing to create those changes. Um, you have to be willing to take some risks. So now a lot of people are saying, well, it's not possible to get laser quality uh, out, of display, out of a display that you can work with real time. And that's not the right answer. That's what we're out to disprove. <laughs> here, there's some percent sign. Oh, patterns. my God. <laughs> At this point, they're just shrunk down. Yes, a retina display, but on a CRT because it's 1989. But if we were to use real size fonts, they would just look exceedingly crisp. This represents, you know, a real change. I mean, we have the power to make a difference. Other companies say you have the power, but we have the power to do it. We build stuff like this, and we take them up on it. We say, okay, we'll change the world. I'll sign up for that. <laughs> At Apple, there's a need to put a stake in the ground ahead of the competition. There's a need to do things that haven't been done before in order to, to yeah. main, almost to maintain the atmosphere that itself motivates you. Right. What drives me about Apple, what I enjoy about coming to work here, what, I, you know, what makes me sweat the extra details is that this is gonna be real important to somebody. This is gonna make somebody's life better. This is, I want to do the best I can and give the best product to the people out there. The product reflects us, really. You know, the, the product's as much fun as we have. I, I guess that sort of sums it up. It's, it's a bit of us in there. And when you really, really step back and look at it, that kind of thing is really what drives folks. Not the paycheck, not the logos, not the beer buttons, not the t-shirts, it's the fact that you can really change the world when you work at Apple. Thanks for tuning in. You can find more stories or join the very quiet Discord server for this podcast at www.macfolkloreradio.com.